It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm so excited that you are tuning in today. I have a very special guest in the studio with me, and she is going to help us talk about the heart of worship. Miss Priscilla Cooper is here, and she's going to talk about her debut album. But it's not really about the album. It's really about the heart of a worshiper. And so you're going to hear about that very personally here today from her because she has a wonderful story of how the Lord has brought all this together, and I know she's going to touch your heart here today. Let me just start off with just describing to you what the Bible has to share with us about worship. This is very fitting because last week we just observed together Resurrection Sunday. I know some of you probably call it Easter Sunday. For me, it's Resurrection Sunday. I love calling it that. It is such a profound and amazing week, quite frankly, the greatest day of the year. And and we were coming off of what was called Passion Week. And you know we spent a great deal of time talking about that. What happened that week is the Lord Jesus, as he fulfills Passover, he fulfilled the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, everything by God's perfect design. And so it seems so fitting that here today we talk about this heart of worship. It's so important to me, and it should be important to you. So often we have this image in our minds that worship is the segment that we do before a message on Sunday. And that's not what worship really is. Yes, that's a piece of worship, but actually what you do on a Sunday morning, all of it is worship. And quite frankly, your living and breathing is worship unto the Lord. As you breathe in and out, likened unto the very name of God, Yahweh, this breathing in and out, your breath should be praise unto the Lord. Your actions should follow in obedience as praise unto the Lord. This, my friends, is worship. And what we have to understand here is what's missing in our lives because King David, now listen, he hired 4,000 musicians to worship God day and night, according to 1 Chronicles 23, verse 5. Then in Revelation chapter 5 and Revelation chapter 8, We read that God treasures this praise, and yes, even these prayers. In 1 Kings chapter 8, it was all about God. I mean, you see sacrifice of peace offerings, which were offered to the Lord. Listen, 22,000 bulls, 120,000 sheep, 14 straight days of worship unto God. We are missing something. This shouldn't just be reserved for one of those big tent revivals on a weekend at some point. This should be a lifestyle of worship. And worship seems to, quite frankly, what I see it as is welcoming in the presence of God, not just his presence, but preparing our hearts to align with the word of God. You see, Jehoshaphat, when he had the worshipers lead the army of Israel in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 into battle, he was positioning the worship ahead of the battle. 
You and I face a very real enemy every single day. We are called to the battlefield. We are called to armor up. We spent a number of weeks talking about the armor of God. This is a very real battlefield before us every single day. So if we're to learn anything from the model of Jehoshaphat, it's that worship should go before even the battlefield. We need to be worshipers all and through our lives. I, I've often read in history of General Patton. He was working with the chaplains to make the prayer and praise a focus for the army. He even co-wrote some of the prayer cards for the soldiers that they would have on their uniforms. Here's a kind of a man's man, right? I mean, this guy was out there on the battlefields or even leading the men from afar, but he was you know, a fiery temper kind of guy. And here he knew that the battle was won first and foremost between the ears, in a posture of praise. They could not do this without divine providence, and George Washington had a very similar reverence for divine providence. We can learn a lot from them. So it seems that prayer and worship go hand in hand. I mean, listen, even Elisha wanted a harp before giving the prophecy of God in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15. Before he was to give the spoken word of God, he wanted a harpist on the battlefield. I love that. So if worship is so important scripturally, what are we missing? Why does singing to God seem so hard to do? Why is it that our hearts seem so far from it at times? Maybe you're a singer in the shower. Maybe you're one of those singers in your car right now. You, you've got Q102 turned up loud and, and you're singing away in the car. And that's one aspect of worship, certainly. But it seems like when the doors of the car are shut, then suddenly the worship stops and we go throughout our day and do the work and then back to the car we go, maybe back to the privacy of our shower, but but we're just not living out that same passion beyond those spaces that seem to be our private space and then not letting it glow from us where we truly are bearing the light of the Lord. I mean, King David, he clearly understood what it meant to couple worship and praise with revelation. I mean, after all, he wrote 73 of the 150 Psalms, a book that had at least seven authors that was written over 700 years, God allows him to contribute almost half of the entire book. That's a man after God's heart. And I love in 2 Chronicles 5, 13 to 14, that the focus of the worship was on God. It was all about God. They played their hearts out with instruments and trumpets and cymbals and more. It was all about praising an audience of one. Now listen to this in 1 Chronicles 15, 29. We're told about this great celebration when the return of the Lord by way of the ark came into their midst. Listen to these words. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with, listen, shouting and with the sound of the horn, with trumpets, with loud sounding cymbals, with harps, with lyres. It happened with the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. Now, this is very difficult for us because we just struggle with understanding why there's not the same joyous spirit in her. Now, I, I, you know, she just didn't get it. She didn't understand David's total worship. And some of us just don't get it. So you got to wonder here in this why it is that there is a struggle in the places of worship to worship God like that. I have seen it in church today where people come in, maybe their mouths are moving a little bit, 
but they're allowing other people to sing. And I have to believe that that carries on through the rest of their days as well. Into the rest of the week, we've got a lot of lip service going on, but there isn't the heart of worship coming out. It doesn't matter what you sound like. The Lord wants the heart of worship. Here, the people of Israel were going through all of their acts of preparing a sacrifice unto the Lord. And when the Lord Jesus came in and started flipping over tables, it was because they got their priorities wrong. It was all about the image of worship and the image of following the legalities of the law, but yet there was no heart for the Lord. That's what he desired, the heart of the worshiper. So listen, we can do a better job in our churches today. We're spending far too much money on trying to create the entertainment rather than bolstering through discipline, through the love of God's word, the heart of a worshiper. So enough from me. You need to now hear from my very special guest, Miss Priscilla Cooper. She is a worship leader. She is not only leading worship at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, but she has a long history of writing and leading worship. In fact, her debut album, Draw Me Closer, just came out, and it is a wonderful compilation of music, but it's really because of the heart of the worshiper behind it. So, Miss Priscilla Cooper, it's long overdue. Welcome to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's, it's going so to be hard to follow you. up on that. You <laughs> it's said so it all. It's so good to have you, though. <laughs> I tell you, I, well, let me just start off our just time together, as short as it will be, and I know we could probably do several broadcasts on this, but as short as it is, I want people to hear from you today, but let them hear now just an excerpt from your debut album, Draw Me Closer. This is uh, one of my favorites uh, of the true heart of worship. Listen now, here's just a few seconds from this debut album. I love that song. That is one of my favorites. I don't know if I can actually say that, that there's a favorite, because when you listen to this whole album, it's an amazing collection of music uh, unto the Lord. And I think that what they just heard there now just gives them a little brief taste of your talent, but hopefully they heard your heart. And and so, uh, Priscilla, I, I just love the true heart of worship. Could you just share with us just a little bit behind the song? And and I know you've got a poem for us today on that particular song. Let, tell us a little bit more about it. All right. Thank you. Yes. Um, this actually started as a poem first, and it came from anytime I'm uh, writing anything, it comes from when I have spent time with the Lord in his word or in, um, you know, prayer and this, all the scriptures you were sharing just before is exactly where I had been with the worship and learning what worship was really about. And so the Lord gave me a poem, and I'll go ahead and I'll read it right now. Okay. The true heart of worship is not the music or the song. It is not the outward, but the inward. It is for whom your heart belongs. It is not an emotion. It is not in a dance. It is not in a position. It is not in a stance. It is deeper more intimate than this for in the depths of one heart one's heart lies the key of true worship Mm. the heart of true worship is not a performance for all to enjoy and see 
It is a surrendered and obedient heart, and it begins within you and within me. Let us bring to our Lord all that is due. Let us reverence his awesomeness each and every day. Let all that we bring be pure and true, for in the depths of our hearts lies the key of true worship. Mm. Be real with the Lord. Never be fake. Be Amen. transparent. Be open. Be willing to break. Just surrender and give him your all. Give him your heart, soul, and mind. Give him your true heart of worship. Mm. Amen. That does capture it. I mean, it's, uh, Priscilla, when, and whenever you sing to the Lord, it just radiates from you. I mean, I, I just, as a listener from afar, sort of looking from the outside in, I have to believe then that you have cultivated a very close communion with God, that in this, it seems like a lot of your music just comes from your time with the Lord. Talk to us a little bit about that, just from a, a worshiper's perspective, not just because you're a singer-songwriter, but a worshiper. Talk to us a little bit about the heart of that. Oh, thank you, Pastor. I've learned... Um, You've got to you've got to be in that place where you're willing, like I said in the poem, you've got to be willing to be transparent. Mm. You've got to be open. You've got to be willing to break. God doesn't expect us to come before him perfect because none of us are. Um, we're all mm. going to fall short. But when we do, be quick to, to ask God to forgive. And the other thing is I've learned that um, when you're holding any unforgiveness towards anybody, be mm. it small, be it big, that's going to be a hindrance in your worship. So I've learned through this journey of, of just being able to lay it all down before God. And in the times that I was not able to forgive, asking God, help me to forgive this person like you do. Help me to love this person how you do. Mm. And he does. He's faithful when we ask. He is faithful to meet us right there. You know, Amen. so delighting yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You want to yeah. become a worshiper? Ask for it. Yeah. Well, and that's true for all of us, right? I yes. mean, it's you have a, a gift because you're able to pick up a, a guitar, a guitar, and now play it. I, I cannot. I, I I might be able to fiddle with it a little bit, maybe uh, pluck a couple strings on it. But you can actually perform and create music. But as we've already alluded to, this this heart of a worshiper is just this desire to praise God all the time, throwing off everything that hinders. Uh, as you said, even unconfessed sin or dealing with it, there's conflict with somebody or anything that might obscure, get in the way of this ability to hear from the Lord. I, I suspect you probably spend some a number of hours even in the prayer time with the Lord, a prayer closet, if you will. Uh, do you take paper into the prayer time with you because he probably speaking to you even there? Oh, big time. I have I have paper everywhere, pens everywhere. So that <laughs> way, because it's really awesome. Sometimes it's just a short prayer that I'm just really, you know, laying down before the Lord and, and I'll hear the heart and I just jot it down. And then later I can, you know, keep looking at that and gives me a, a, a poem or mm. a song later. <laughs> Well, how do we, as, uh, as somebody who's very concerned that worship be pure and undefiled and authentic uh, in all of us, how do you challenge the listener right now with how to make worship excellent? Excellent, and not only in churches. We, we kind of expect that it, it will maybe set the bar perhaps in our life that week, but in their personal life, I mean, in their personal journey every single day with whatever they're going through, is it really about music or is there something else about the heart of worship? Talk to us a little bit about that. The heart of worship has, I feel, very little to do with the music. I think that is the outpouring that comes from the heart of worship. I really believe that it begins in the heart. 
mm-hmm. you know, um, just having a pure heart. And again, if that's something that we struggle with, it's got to be um, ask God just to help purify it, how to be able to bring it untainted, mm-hmm. to make sure it's authentic, to make sure that you are worshiping for an audience of one, that you are not. Um, this is a great example. I had somebody ask me one time, um, you know, I, I, I can't raise my hands in church. I can't raise my hands during worship because um Honestly, it's my pride. You know, I don't want anyone looking at me. And right there, it's like, you know, I was able to say, well, that's part of the problem. Mm. You're worried about people looking at you. It should not even concern you who's looking at you, who's watching you, because you're worshiping to an audience of one. So your eyes should Amen. be focused on him and him alone. That's right. And, and that really comes through your music quite clearly. I, I mean, I know you have some fun on the album, too. Uh, there are a couple, uh, you know, more maybe uh, pop culture friendly uh, renditions on there, uh, even some a little bit of rap. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of that and some of the oh, music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I think some of the songs that came from your heart that you had probably penned years ago and yeah. finally made it to this album, there is such a just, I mean, you can hear it in your heart unto the Lord, this mm-hmm. undefiled worship before him. Talk to us a little bit about how all of this came to be, because this is, I think, a fascinating part for all who have that unwritten book mm-hmm. in their hearts, the the compilation of music that is there that maybe hasn't even been composed yet, but it's in their heart. And, and you went through quite a journey with a number of resources right here in town to pull all of this together to see the dream come to reality, to give something right back to the Lord. And now you've got an actual album in your hand. You're able to hand it out. And there is such a story behind it of years and years of labor of love going into this. Talk to us a little bit about that. All right, I will, definitely. Um, and again, starting in prayer, just asking God, you know, would you open doors for me? Would you be able to help me see something to start happen so I can believe you entrusted me with this for a purpose, not just to sit in my notebooks, you know? And that's when uh, the Lord brought Brian Wood into my life. Hmm. Mia Cohen took me to a house concert and his heart was to get it down on a demo. He did that for me. So Brian, forever thankful um, that he set that foundation. But because I had that resource years later, God opens, um, allows a, a Studio 916 to open up at Sand mm. Creek Library, the very library that has been my home for 24 years. <laughs> and uh, and it, I find it interesting, Pastor, you, you had nothing to do with this because of me, but to find out that you had your hand in this as well. Could you share a little bit about that? Oh, <laughs> well, I don't want to take away what the Lord's done through you, but certainly it was just interesting. At that time, I was on the board of the Pikes Peak Library District. And when we were looking at where some of the resources were going to not only 21C, but also to Sand Creek and trying to create maker spaces. Mm. And little did I know that as the Lord put me on that board when I had absolutely no uh, real knowledge or understanding of all the workings behind the library. I mean, I had to sit through hours and hours of study, go behind the scenes, meet with the staff. It was quite a journey. God put me there, met a lot of great folks working with the budget to try to put together the best resources we could. And to know that in the midst of all this, God was having you use some of those resources to put this album together and that you would be leading worship then at Calvary Fellowship. And you just go, this is amazing. There's no coincidences <laughs> with God. He has appointed every crossroad, every interaction with people. This is all to him be the glory. So th- I think that's where the Lord used those tools to bless you. <laughs> yes, it was it was incredible, definitely. So here I go into Studio 916, and I get to meet Paul Cockling, 
who um, signed up to be a volunteer as a producer so that way he could enjoy this hobby that he had started just to be able to, he's a great musician, talented mm-hmm. bass player, and definitely a creative genius. But for him to be able to apply that and, and give back. And what he did for me is I put that demo that Brian Wood had done in his hands. And our agreement was, you know, if I gave him full reign to just have fun and create and to see what he could do. And of course, I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me? Yes, please do something with it, you know. <laughs> And he took it far more than I could ever have dreamed any of these songs could have been. And the wow. thing I love about Paul is that he's got such a creative edge that on the album alone, there's a song for everybody, be you older, be you younger, in between, in and in a posture of praise and a posture of wanting to throw that Latin song on and get some right. dance on, whatever it be. But it is definitely like a big uh, gumbo of, of great sounds and whatnot. And again, at the library, they have um, Terry Josiah Sharp and Keegan Kellogg have been instrumental in their encouragement to me, their um, talent, the harmonies that have gone on here, the the guitar playing, you name it. These guys are just the package deal. I'm just so thankful (laughs) that God brought them into my life. Amen. Well, okay, so in our, I know time is going to get away from us, and I'd love to just talk a little bit more about some of the inspiration behind these songs, because again, that's those who are listening right now are like, great, I didn't even know these resources were available in Colorado Springs. I'll have to take advantage of that. But there's inspiration behind the music that you, I know, had journeyed over many years. I mean, at least since I've known you for, my goodness, I think the past decade, you had been writing and rewriting and editing. And and I know you've got some favorites, even though all these songs are dear to you, they're from the heart and they're all original but some of the songs, I know I've got some of my favorites, uh, but it, as you talked already about True Heart of Worship, maybe you can just capture even such as You Are You, maybe a little bit about Draw Me Closer. Mm-hmm. What's some of the inspiration behind these songs? Definitely. Again, just in that time of reverence and seeking the Lord, prayer, bearing mm-hmm. my heart before Him, being transparent. Draw Me Closer was a song that ended up being that I just sang to the Lord every day, just mm-hmm. wanting Him to draw me closer because... Every single time that I spent that time in that devotion time, I began to grow hungrier and hungrier to where I would start adding another five minutes, you know, get that clock set five minutes earlier. I need five more minutes with the Lord, you know, and then before I knew it, it was hours, literally just wanting to spend time with the Lord because, you know, that fulfillment and that relationship becomes so tangible and so real and so purified that it's just the most amazing thing. And it's like, you know what? And that's there for everybody. He's not a respecter of persons just because you're talented. He's going to do this for you. He's going to spend time with those that delight themselves in him and seek him with all their heart. You know, Um, you are you is one that um, just, again, praising God through it, praising God through a really rough time. Um, I was not seeing any major breakthrough through the circumstances that were going on, but I chose to pray and to say, God, I know you're in this, even though I don't see you, I know you're in this. Mm-hmm. and praise him and then i started singing um jesus loves me this i know because that's the only <laughs> song i could really sing I love that song. <laughs> at the time <laughs> and before i knew it you know i just had the song in my heart and then my daughter um had the right scripture for it my daughter rebecca thought you know what this scripture would be really cool with this and sure enough it was you know so wow. it tied it all together <laughs> wow praise god well you have really worked hard to compile this album, and I praise God that here it is today. I know you've got it on digital as well, 
how do people connect with you? Because they may be, just be prompted right now to be encouraged that there has been a song on my heart that I have not yet put to paper. I wanted to get it out there, share it with the world. Help me to do this. Guide me through what the Lord has taken you through. How do they connect with you on social media right now? And what are some of the tools that you have out there for them to reach out to you and also hear some of these songs? Okay. Um, Cooper P, as in Priscilla or Paul, if that's easier to understand, um, at uh, Cooper P Music at gmail.com is my personal email. They can, they're welcome to email me there. Um, YouTube channel, I'm on there as well. I mean, someone can write a comment in there and I try to stay on top of that, you know, be able to get back. Um, and I know that there's a really quick, um, I want to tie this up with making sure you have an attitude of gratitude. Absolutely. You know, and don't ever underestimate the resources that come your way. This is from your segment on having (laughs) a humble spirit. Amen. So may I read this? Please. Okay. Attitude of gratitude. Oh, attitude of gratitude overrun my heart, soul, and mind. Help me to cherish and embrace life's lessons, each and every kind. Oh, attitude of gratitude, be ever present, ever true. Build a grateful heart in me and all I see and all I do. Oh, attitude of gratitude, fully get the depths of the blood-stained cross. Never take for granted the grace, mercy of God's given love. Oh, attitude of gratitude, know each breath is such a precious gift. And is another day to reverence my Lord, so my eyes and hands I will lift. I lift, I give, I surrender my all to you, Jesus, in a posture of humility and in a true attitude of gratitude. Oh, amen. Well, Priscilla, thank you for being here on Engage in Truth. If you are excited to grab this album and listen to it for yourself, it's our gift to you. That's right. All you have to reach out, all you have to do here is reach out to us. Go to calvaryfountain.com calvaryfountain.com. Go to the Contact Us segment. Let us know that you heard it here on Engage in Truth, and we will send you this debut album, Draw Me Closer. It's our gift to you for being a listener of the Engage in Truth broadcast. Again, it's at calvaryfountain.com. Let us know you listen to it here. We'll get you that album right away. We want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to come and check us out at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Again, it's all at calvaryfountain.com. God bless you, my friends. Take God care. Bless.